There are so many, so many voices crying out, shouting out for our attention and allegiance. There are people all around us that are, that are speaking. There are philosophies. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And, you know, we live in a world where um, multitasking is, is no longer... No longer the norm. I, I think there's, there's got to be a different word for it because it's not multitasking. It's, it's um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's multiple, 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 multiple tasking. I mean, you look around when you're driving to work these days and you have people that are driving their car, talking on their phone, putting on makeup, <laughs> drinking their coffee... You know, and, and having an Egg McMuffin. I mean, it's just, it's amazing all the stuff that people are doing. Or if you go into some people's homes and you walk in and you'll hear a TV in here, you'll hear a radio over there, you'll hear somebody else on the computer and stuff going on. Uh, it al- almost reminds me sometimes of the Grinch movie. You know, although it's, it's a flip, but the Grinch, you know, he's, he's looking at all of this noise, noise, noise coming from the city and he's all upset about it. Of course, that's, that's a negative response to all the carols and everything else. But flip that around. Flip that around. There's so much noise in our world these days and so many things going on that it's often hard to listen. It's hard to listen. And yet listening is one of the, one of the essential elements for us as followers of Christ. We have to learn to listen. We have to discipline ourselves to listen. Otherwise, we're going to miss out. We're not going to hear adequately. I want to start off by taking you to the promise of blessing in the verse in Proverbs 8.34. It says in the New American, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. And I really like the message and how they have written it. It says, blessed the man and blessed the woman who listens to me, awake and ready for me each morning. Alert and responsive as I start my day's work. You know, if you, if you have the attitude and the desire to show up every single morning at the doorposts or at the gate of the Lord and listen to what he has to say, the Bible says that you will be blessed. If you'll make it a point in your life to listen, you'll be blessed. Now the flip side is is true as well. If you don't listen, you're not going to be blessed. You might find yourself in lots of situations and going in all kinds of directions. In fact, I would suggest to you that there's an awful lot of people who don't listen. And then they get upset that God doesn't hear. Or they get upset that God doesn't understand. Or they say, what is wrong? Where is God? The problem is that so many of us are listening for a particular response, a particular answer, a particular leading, a particular direction. We're saying, you know, I, I've been praying and praying and praying. Yeah, but what have, you been, what have you been praying for? 
probably like the pyramid that was found in the Los Angeles Times so many years ago. It was a pyramid. At the top it said, I. Underneath that it said, me. Underneath that it said, mine. And under that it said, myself. And underneath this pyramid, there were all these stick figures with people with their hands raised up, worshiping, worshiping at the idol of self. A lot of times we don't hear because all we want is what we want. So this morning we're going to be talking about the blessing of listening. And we've got to start off by, by talking about what it means to listen. What does it mean to listen? Does, does it mean that you actually registered a sound or a, or a communication? Does it mean, does it mean that you have, you have physically heard something? Is that what it means to listen? You, you can relate to this, I'm sure. How many times have you had a conversation with someone and then later on respond to a situation or a comment and say, I never heard that. You said what? Sometimes, sometimes uh, Ruth and I, she always communicates well, and, and there are times when I'm focused, if I'm on the computer or something like that, and, and she'll communicate something and she'll say something, and, and I have heard her say what she said, but there was no registration. And later on, she'll say something and I'll say, What? She was telling me, for example, about, uh, about Christina and Christina who's uh, going to be coming home for a wedding. She told me, I think I heard it from Isaiah or something as well. Anyway, it was like a week or two later after that when she was talking about it and somebody else was talking about it and I thought, what? <laughs> and it was like, I told you. And I'm sure at the time I said, I hear you. I hear you. You see, in the world in which we live, we think listening is, is just simply registering the fact that we, we attentively happen to hear something. But hearing is far more than that. In fact, in Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27, he gives us a clarity on what it means to listen or to hear. He says, anyone who hears these words of mine... And acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is someone who builds his house on a rock. And then he goes on and says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. So what, is it, what does it mean to listen? Listening means not only the, the ability to comprehend what's being communicated, but responding to that. Responding to that. Listening and obeying. Listening and following through. Those two go together. If you've had children, some of you have not yet had children, you will learn and you will be encouraged. But if you've had children, you know that 
helping them to learn the process of listening, as we've just described it, is a full-time job. I mean, you have to do it over and over and over and over and over again. I think that's why Peter, in Second Peter, he tells the, the Christians, he says, you know what? He said, I know you've heard this before, but I'm going to tell you again and again and again and again. He says, as long as I'm around, I'm going to keep reminding you of these things. Because if you, if you practice these things, you will never fail. So I'm going to keep telling them to you. You know kids, right? I mean, you tell them and tell them and tell them, and they respond and they say, well, I've already heard that. I know that. Yeah, they know it. But do they really know it? Do they really know it? When Candace and Martha were, were younger, we just had the two. And I got permission for this, by the way. But anyway, we were, we were in the store and we're getting ready to leave and I was communicating to them. You know, we're leaving. We're going to go now. And... Um, it was a challenge, as it always is, to take young children out of, like, Toys R Us. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. And at that time, a lot of our outings were at places like Toys R Us. I mean, we would go and look at stuff and talk about things and play with things as much as we could. We didn't ever bought anything because we didn't have any money, but we always used to make it part of our outings to go and look and to play and talk. But it was like pulling teeth sometimes to get them out of the store. And I remember telling the girls, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're going, we're going. And, you know, Martha after a while was like, okay, okay, okay. But Candace was like, no way, I am not leaving this place. And so we were there by the door, not too far from the door. It was one of those electronic jobs where it opens and closes, had sensors. And so I'm standing there and she's over there and I said, Candace... This is the last time I'm telling you. We're leaving. I am leaving. And she was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, it was, it was, it was that, that response, but this was not the first or second or third time I'd been telling her. So I went and stood outside. The doors opened and they shut, and I went around so I could still see her, but I was gone. And a few minutes later, I see this girl going absolutely berserk, like, where are my parents? Ah, she, was a little, she thought we'd left her. I made it back in just in time to wrap my arms around her and say, oh, it's okay, it's okay. I thought, oh boy, you're going to turn me in, you know, <laughs> for being a bad dad. But she was, she was so upset naturally. I mean, you would be too, right? I mean, how could I do that to her? She wasn't listening. She wasn't listening. Listening is not only a developed art. Listening is a critical component to life. And probably the most important person that you and I need to listen to is we need to listen to the Lord. You know, the Bible begins in Genesis by talking about how God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Walked with them, talked with them. It's always been God's desire to have a relationship with his people. It's not a relationship that's cold. It's not a relationship that's removed. It's not a relationship that, that doesn't have communication. It's a relationship of him communicating to us and us communicating to him. That's why it's called a relationship. He wants to talk to us. He wants to communicate to us. He wants us to know how much he loves us. And when you listen... 
you not only hear some of the most incredible truths concerning him and his plans, his desires, his accomplishments and successes, but you also hear the affirmation that you need, the encouragement that you need, the hope that only he can give. When you listen, the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. God longs to have that kind of a relationship with his people. I was talking to someone not too long ago who was telling me that God does not speak today. And I understand what they were saying. They were, they were getting a little bit uh, technical and they say, well, there's nothing, there's nothing new as far as revelation is concerned. Jesus and the message of the gospel is death, burial, and resurrection. It's final. You can't add to it and all that. Brothers and sisters, Fine. I'm completely at peace with the fact that we have the full and complete counsel of God right here. But I also have to tell you that it is so cold, it is so unrelational to think that God does not want to have an intimate relationship with his people. I mean, when you're struggling, do you think God's up there, wherever he may be, do you think God says to you, you got a problem, you need to go to Philippians chapter 2. I mean, there are people that actually believe that, that God has basically communicated and if you're going to find anything out, you better go to his word and check it out. His word communicates to us powerfully about everything that we need, everything. But he also is with us, walking with us, talking with us, communicating with us. Do you know the written word is a, is a match to the living word? Hebrews tells us that God in times past spoke through the prophets, but now he spoke to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And then you find, as we're going to see in a minute, that Jesus, when he was leaving, he was with the disciples. He had a relationship with them. He was going to leave. And the disciples were saying, time out, you can't leave. We need you. And he said, no, you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be with every single one of you 24-7, 365 I can't even do that, Jesus would say. So he longs to communicate. He longs to speak to us. But are we listening? Are we listening? I want to share with you the blessings, some of the blessings we receive when we listen. Some of them. There's a promise of success when you listen. And I know these are Old Testament verses, but... They have great implication. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy 4.1. He says, Now, O Israel, listen to the statute and the judgments which I am teaching you to perform. Listen. Why? So that you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. Another one. Deuteronomy 12.28. Be careful to listen to all these words which I command you so that you may be well, so that it may be well with you rather and your sons after you forever. For you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. Listen so you can live. Listen so you can take possession of the land. Now, you and I are not in the place the Israelites were in looking forward to the possession of a land. 
But surely you and I are followers of Christ who are anticipating going in and taking possession of that which is ours in Christ. The victory that is ours. The blessings that are ours. The eternity that God has promised us. We are looking forward to experiencing those blessings every day. And sometimes we don't listen so we don't enjoy. We don't listen so we don't experience those things. You want success? Listen. Listen. You know, the wisest person on the planet is the one who listens to the voice of truth. Secondly, when you listen, you experience the absence of anxiety. I think of Paul's words, you know, be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. But check this out in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 33. He says, but whoever listens to me will live without worry and will be free from the dread of distress. It doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble. Jesus himself said, in the world you're going to have trouble. But be of good courage, he said, I have overcome the world. But the point that we're making here is that if you learn to listen, and if you listen to him, you will be in a position where anxiety and worry and all those things will not be part of the equation. Why? Because you know in whom you have believed. You know the one who's walking with you. You know the one who will never leave you or forsake you. You know who resides within you. Absence of anxiety. You get a covenant of life as a result of listening. Isaiah 55, I love it. He says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me. Eat what's good. We could pause on that for a while, couldn't we? We'll move on. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear. Listen to me. Incline your ear. Come to, come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant my steadfast, sure love for David. A covenant of life instead of death. And then there's the benefit of wisdom. The benefit of wisdom. This is a fascinating passage to me. Um, in Isaiah 28. Again, he says, Give ear and hear my voice. Give ear and hear my voice. And before we go any further, I just need to say that there is nothing, there is nothing, no issue, no challenge, no situation, no circumstance, there is nothing that is so simplistic that is not in need of God's direction in our lives. You see, so often we listen to lies and think, well, I ought to have this down. What's wrong with me that I don't get this? And you and I need to understand that wisdom is needed for every single facet and aspect of our lives. Even if it may seem really simple, like here he says, give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my words. There's a powerful, powerful double whammy. And then listen to the illustration he gives. 
He d- does the farmer plow continually to plant seed? Does he continually turn and harrow the ground? Does, does he not level its surface and sow dill and scatter cumin and plant wheat in rows, barley in its place, and rye within its area? For his God instructs and teaches him properly. God teaches him properly how to do this stuff. He says, dill is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is the cartwheel driven over cumin. But dill is beaten out with a rod and cumin with a club. Grain for bread is crushed. Indeed, he does not continue to thresh it forever because the wheel of his cart and his horse, horses eventually damage it. He does not thresh it longer. This also comes from the Lord of hosts, listen, who has made his counsel wonderful and his wisdom great. Listen. Listen. He gives great wisdom and insight. And sometimes he tells you to do things and he gives you leading uh, that doesn't make sense. I mean, just look out through, throughout the Old, the Old Testament. You'll find stories after stories and illustrations after illustrations where God gave them entirely new strategic battle plans like, like walking around a city and then shouting. Some pretty amazing things that God told the people to do. They listened. They listened. In fact, when you look at the scriptures, you'll notice that God said about those who did not listen... He told them, he said, you didn't listen. He said, so all of you who are beyond a certain age who didn't pay attention, none of you are going to enter into the land because you didn't listen. You didn't listen. I love the passage, and I think it's in Numbers where he talks about Caleb. He says, you know, Caleb had a very unique spirit, strange, different spirit. And because of his spirit and the fact that he listened, I'm going to take him into the land. I'm going to bring a whole bunch of people and give him a lot of territory. Listening. Listening is crucial. Can you hear the Spirit of God speaking to your heart to give you wisdom to know what to do? And then there's the expansion of faith. When you listen, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. You know, some people say, well, I just don't have enough faith. Well, you know, Big Mac's not going to help that. Reading a book on psychology, that's not going to do a whole lot. It might be a good thing to do or consider. I don't know. But we were talking this morning with prayer time, you know, that there's a book. And I'm okay, you're okay. Good, good sounding title. But the content? Eh. There's a lot of stuff out there you can consume. There's a lot of things that you can read. There's a lot of stuff that's being pushed and pushed and pushed. Good psychobabble. And I, I, I say this carefully. There's also a lot of Christian books that are also good psychobabble. And sometimes if you don't read it carefully and understand what they're saying and recognize the truth as to whether it matches or not, you can get sucked in some of the same kind of Freudian psychology that's out there, the world's thinking. I'm not throwing it all out. I'm just telling you, you need to understand that if you need faith, if you need wisdom, if you need a release from anxiety, if you want to succeed, the answer is to listen to God, listen to the Holy Spirit. 
who, by the way, longs to talk to you. Longs to talk to you. And I love this last one here, and that is that the, uh, there's the understanding of truth. This is a powerful illustration, and I just love it. It's about Lydia in Acts chapter 16 and verse 14. Lydia from the city of Thyatira, seller of purple fabric, says, a worshiper of God. She was there by the river when the apostle Paul was teaching, and the Bible says that she was listening. She was listening. Then look. The Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. She was listening. And the Lord opened her heart. Many times, you may not have the answer. In fact, most of the time, I don't have the answers. And you may not understand where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to handle a situation. You may really find yourself in a quandary and thinking, I don't know what to do. I've never been here before. That's kind of like every day for us, right? Brand new. But my point is this. My point is this. If you're listening, if you're listening for the Lord to speak to your heart, if you're listening for Him to communicate, as you're listening the Holy Spirit will open your heart so you can respond to the truths that He gives you. He will give you understanding of truth. So listening is so critical, so vital. And we live in a world where people don't listen. How many times have you gone to the counter at a restaurant or sat in a booth and, and somebody took your order and they had to ask three or four or five times what you said. We could go on with illustration after illustration, which we really don't need to, right? People don't listen. So the question I really have this morning is this. Do you listen? We know that most people don't listen, but are you listening? Are you paying attention? Are you listening for God in the storm and the wind and all of that? Or are you, or are you like Elijah, listening and finally hearing God in that still, small breeze? Are you hearing God, but yet you're confused like Samuel who, who heard the Lord speak to him? And Samuel went running to Eli and said, You called? Mm-hmm. Eli says, No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. <laughs> Second time. You called? No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Third time. No, I didn't call you. Oh. Eli says, the next time that happens, you just tell the Lord, here I am. See, the Lord might be speaking to you and you're not even hearing, you're not registering. Think it's something else. So we need to develop the capacity to listen. We need to develop the capacity to listen. And what I want to do is I want to share with you three really, really simple things that I believe will help you and help me as we seek to be better listeners. Because there's no doubt that we all want to be blessed by God. Every one of us want to be blessed. So first of all, when you want to develop and maintain this capacity to listen, you need to maintain an expectation. 
maintain an expectation. What do I mean by that? What I mean is this. You need to expect that God wants to speak to you. It's not, it's not the general occasional thing. You need to develop this attitude that says, I know that my God wants to speak with me and communicate with me today, every day and throughout the day. You have to have an expectation that God is going to speak to you, that he wants to speak to you, that it's not foreign for him to speak to you, that it's not weird for him to speak to you, that it's not strange, and that you're not weird if he actually does. Because he will. He will. Listen to John 10, verses 3 and 5. Jesus says, he says, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Can you distinguish the voice of the stranger from the voice of the shepherd? Can you? If you can't, if you're struggling, that doesn't mean you give up. It means that you need to double down on this. You need to become even more convinced that God wants to speak to me and I want to hear from him. Look at John 16, verses 12 and 13. He says, I have many more. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus talking to his disciples But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit resides in us, not just to give us power when we are in a battle, not just to give us encouragement when we're discouraged. The Holy Spirit resides within us, that God lives in us, to have a relationship with us. Back and forth, back and forth. Expect him to speak to you. Wake up every morning. Okay, God, I'm waiting. I'm ready. I'm tuning up these ears to hear. Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. Speak. Secondly, and probably even more challenging, is you need to get uncluttered. You need to get uncluttered and unplugged. Uncluttered and unplugged. Let's start with being unplugged. When was the last time you turned your phone off? When was the last time you turned the computer off, the phone off, the TV off, the radio off, whatever it is, the iPod? When was the last time you shut it all down and you just sat to listen? If you can't remember the last time that you did that, you need to make an appointment to do that today. 
You've got to get unplugged. How can you hear from God when you are so distracted? When I meet with people, I turn my phone off. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people have their phone on, you know, and the phone goes off and they grab the phone and say, Hi, how are you doing? And then they come back and say, Yeah, where were we? Why do I turn it off? I turn it off because I want to listen. I want to hear what they're saying. I want to hear what their heart says. Well, if God's speaking to you and you're plugged in, don't you think you're going to be distracted over and over and over and over and over again? Sure you are. Get unplugged. Get unplugged. Now, in the world in which we live in, you can't do that 24-7. You can't just unplug and... You know, pretend you're a hermit somewhere. You, you live in this world, but you can practice and set aside time where you do get unplugged so you can focus exclusively on him because he wants to talk to you. And just like it's difficult for a mate to speak to someone who is completely surrounded by noise, 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 and all kinds of other stuff, television and so on, it's impossible for God to speak to you. And then secondly, get uncluttered. What does that mean? It means you're too busy. It means you're too busy. The simple, the simple mode of operandi here is, is really this. If you're too busy to set aside time to listen to God for a little bit every single day, you're too busy. Way, way too busy. And you're not going to hear. You're not going to hear. I was reading Malachi. Interesting book. In chapter 2 of Malachi, and I think it's in verse 2, God says to the leaders, he says, you know what? He says, you're not listening to me, and so I'm going to curse you. I'm going to curse all the blessings I was going to give you. Gone, finished, history. Like, whoa. Whoa. He says something else there in Malachi 2.2. He says, you don't listen and you don't honor me. Boy, that really spoke to my heart. When I don't listen to God, I am not honoring him. It's just like if my wife comes in and wants to talk to me and, and I don't listen. The flesh is weak. And confession is good for the soul, so I'm just going to lay it out there. But there's times when I'm watching something, be it news or something, and I'm really tuned in, and, and Ruth will come in, and she wants to talk to me, and I, I, I tell you the battle that rages, you know, within, within me sometimes. It's like, I know I need to turn this off so I can listen, but I don't want to. <laughs> I want to keep watching this. I'll keep listening to this. So over the course of time, I have learned that the best thing to do is to turn it off. The quicker I turn it off and the quicker I hear what she's saying, the quicker I can turn it back on. 
without losing what was, what was communicated, without getting it. But regardless of whether you turn it back on or not, you've got you to gotta get uncluttered. You've got to get unplugged if you're going to listen to God. God wants to speak to you. He says, be still, be still. I love this translation, the Amplified. It says, let be and be still and know, recognize, understand that I am God. Be still, be still. Some people don't know how to be still. It's hard, very difficult. That's why it requires discipline. Discipline. And then finally, I want you to invite Jesus into your life. Invite Jesus into your life. This passage in Revelation 3, verse 20, has been used extensively, and I think a good example of how Jesus Christ is standing at the door of the hearts of individuals, knocking on the door. And the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. We will have incredible fellowship. We'll have intimacy. I'm at the door knocking. And it's true. If you're here this morning and you have not yet put your trust in Christ, You need to invite Jesus into your life. It's the first step in hearing so much more. Standing at the door of your heart, knocking. All you need to do is acknowledge you're a sinner. Believe in your heart that Jesus is the only way to save you and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. But did you know that this passage is not directed towards unbelievers? Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 is where Jesus, by the Spirit of God, is speaking to churches, believers. So what is he saying? Jesus is saying, all of you believers, you need to understand that you have sent me out. I'm outside. In terms of the relational aspect of this equation, I'm not in there with you. I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. I want to have intimacy with you. I want to talk with you. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to dine with you. I want to have this relationship designed by God from the, before the foundation of the world. That's why I came. That's why I died on the cross. That's why I rose victorious over death. Because I want to hang out with you. Doesn't that blow your mind? God wants to hang out with you. And so to the believer, to the believer, Jesus is saying, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If you hear me and open the door, I'll come in. I'll come in. So this morning, as you develop this capacity to listen, every day, every single day and throughout the course of the day, expect to hear from him. Expect it. And if you don't hear from him, don't give up. Because maybe there's a little clutter and a little noise going on. You have to keep clear in the fog so you can hear. Get uncluttered and unplugged. And every single day, invite Jesus. Open the door every day. Every day say, you know what, Jesus? I don't want you out there. I want you in here. Listen. Listen and be blessed.
Father, I sure do want to thank you for wanting to have a relationship with us. It is amazing to me that you love us so much, you desire, you desire to have a relationship with us. It's my prayer this morning, Lord, that each one of us in this place will make a decision to be better listeners. That we will expect to hear from you, that we will do everything we can to arrange our lives so that we have opportunity to hear from you and that every day we will invite you to be part of our lives so that we can actually hear from you. Lord, bless your people, I pray. And those this morning who don't don't yet know you, I just ask you to open their hearts as they've listened by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.